Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Alright everybody, welcome into another edition of the Shant Show. Tonight we are Jordanless on this episode before the Buffalo game, but Josh and Mario are here with me to break down what the Buffalo Bulls are bringing to town. They are a team that um, are still kind of a mystery. They've lost both of their games, one of them to Holy Cross, an FCS team, but to give them some credit there, I guess they lost on a Hail Mary um which you know it is what it is they were competitive the whole game yeah it's an fcs team and yeah you should beat them but it's not like they got blown out um it's a game that coastal carolina needs and needs to put on a good performance in after the stinker that they laid against gardner webb this is a game to bounce back and set yourself right headed into sunbelt play and it's a game where Coastal can really start to build some momentum heading in. Josh, what are your initial thoughts looking forward to uh, the game on Saturday? Yeah, I I said this in the last earlier after Gardner Webb, we had a great conversation. But and I don't mean to sound this doesn't this isn't what it actually sounds like. But I would argue that this is one of the most important games in Coastal football history, just in the fact that I think this team needs a bounce back. They need to win convincingly by at least a couple of touchdowns against a Buffalo team that like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat. They're not a good football team. They just lost to an FCS school. We almost did that, but, and we've had some questions of how good we really are, but this is the chance to, it's not an opponent that's going to overwhelm you. You go in there you take care of business. You clean your stuff up, show that it's a different team from last week and that you've moved on that that was kind of a fluke. It got your attention right. And then move on. I think this is a huge, very important game. And like you said, Kurtz, we need to have a good performance. Coastal needs this game and we need to win convincingly as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you hit it on the dot, Josh. I mean, after last game, they definitely need a convincing win. Um, I mean, obviously we played this team last year, but they're not, nearly the same team that they were no. last year last year they gave us a lot of problems but like I mean the one thing I would say like if I'm a Coastal fan that like would like possibly concern me I'm not really concerned just be on the lookout for is like they do got they do got that there's this one like veteran starter like coming back in and he was and he was all conference in his own conference and like that's James Patterson so like that's the guy I'm looking at to be honest like and then obviously like the quarterback even though like the stats ain't really impressive for the quarterback he still is like a very like safe like he still is a very safe quarterback. He hasn't thrown any picks. I don't know. Like I'm I'm expecting at the same time like I want to see a blowout, but I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if this is gonna be like a game where Coastal like just goes head to head with another team or who knows. It might be a blowout. All I know is that's what they need. They need to blow this team out the water just to even let people know that this is still the Coastal team and that they should be they should be ranked and they deserve a ranking in that schedule. Yeah. One thing I kind of wanted to add real quick is that you may, you've made out a good point. And I think from what I've seen, it's only a two game sample size, but it appears that this team so far plays to the level of their opponent. And when you're playing bad teams, that's not a good thing. And when we played army, we looked just as good as army and we went toe to toe with them. 
I don't, I don't want to see us go toe to toe with another team. And I'm afraid maybe that, that this team has a trap of falling into a game script where that happens. But I think that was a great point to mention. And it's something that definitely should be noted and then looked out for tomorrow. Yeah. This will be really telling because when you're a team that does that, when you're a team that is wishy-washy and now we're playing Garner Webb, so eh, whatever. Right. And then when app state rolls around and you, give a damn, right? <laughs> for lack of a better right. term, you're going to lose a lot of games and you're going to win some games that you shouldn't. You're going to lose some games you shouldn't, and you're going to end the season seven and five. And I think this team is better than that. I think this team has the possibility to do that. I was talking today at work with a couple of, of buddies of mine and they were like, the Sunbelt East, especially after this last weekend, the performances that were turned in might be better than most power five divisions right they're not better than the big 10 east with penn state ohio state and the michigans they're not better than the sec west with alabama and auburn and those types of teams but i think the list ends about there that's not to say that they're as talented as those divisions but i think that they have top to bottom more competition than those divisions and if coastal carolina wants to assert themselves as someone who can win this division a win against buffalo and a convincing win against buffalo is the first step in doing that so how do you do that mario i'm going to come to you on that one what are you looking for out of coastal to to get this victory uh on saturday Honestly, I'm looking for them to just clean up, clean up all those like stupid mistakes that they that they made against Gardner Webb. Specifically, I'm looking for this past defense to show some improvement. That's what I'm gonna be looking for. I think that is a huge thing. I think that is a huge thing in this game because against Army, you know, they let go of like some really big plays in the past game, and I was like, oh, you know, they were preparing like too much for a run, and then I was like, you know, maybe this isn't really a problem, and then they did it against Gardner Webb, and I was like, wow, this is actually a problem with this past defense. Truth is, it's not as good as it was last year. We don't got those guys like Spillum. And I mean, even though the Jordan and Boykin are still there, guys like Enoch McConzo, guys who were really important to these this past defense, they ain't there no more. And so I'm just looking for improvement there. I think that is essential for us to win this game. And I mean, obviously, like we said, like we're expecting them to just we're expecting us to just like blow them out. That's what we need to happen. But that's not gonna happen if this past defense keeps performing at the way that it's been for the past two games. You have to fix that, you know? And Again, it starts with it starts with your veteran leadership. I, like I said, these veterans got to step up. They got to be the example. They got to be the blueprint. And it starts with the Jordan Strong and Lance Boykin. They have to make they have to make a statement early. They got to make it for all four quarters, and they got to show these young guys coming in how to actually play coastal football and how to play coastal defense. Yeah, I'm going to move on to the other side of the ball. That was a great point. But one thing I noticed last week that was the difference between the Army game was our our run game. I mean, we could not establish a run against Gardner Webb and it's something that this team is obviously dead set on trying to do. And we tried to do it a little too much last week before we switched to passing and play option. And Gardner Webb had an answer for the option. They had an answer for the run game. And when we only have one running back really right now in um, Reese White, the rest of the offense is really impacted or at least the coaches really want to establish the run before they move into a little bit of the more advanced passing schemes. So we're going to have to establish the run early in this game, which will let the coaches 
open up the offense a little bit more. And if we do that, the offense will move smoothly and we'll be able to move the ball against this team because their defense is not great at all. They got beat by Holy Cross. So we established the run early. That's going to be the key early on in this game. Yeah, I think that's always been Coastal's offensive identity is they're going to run this spread triple option kind of thing. Right. And they're going to run and run and run, and you're going to gain four yards, five yards. Oh, shoot, they broke a 20-yard run. Four yards, four yards. Oh, Isaiah Likely's open over the middle because all the linebackers have committed to the run. It's not dissimilar to what Army does and what Army did to us in, in the game, you know, two weeks ago. And in order for that to work, I think you have to have good offensive line play, and you didn't last week. And it sucks that we're right back on this train that we were on all last season where the offensive line was up and down and terrible one week and decent the next and good the next. And you thought, okay, we're seeing progression. All right, let's keep up. They lay a stinker against App State, right? And I'm worried about this offensive line right now. I know we're two games in, but they looked good against Army. Hell, Mario gave his game ball to Bill Durkin, and justifiably so. And then against Carter Webb, who is not as good a team, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get a push in the run game. Grayson McCall was under pressure when he did try to pass. And I think that unit is the key to the success of this football team, especially against the Buffalo team. You pointed it out, Josh, their defense isn't good. So if we can start running the ball for six or seven yards every play, this game's over before halftime. They have no answer. They can't stop us. And when they try to stop the run, Grayson McCall is going to pick them off because that's the type of quarterback Grayson McCall is. And so I'm excited for Saturday. I'm not nervous. I don't feel the same type of energy that I did going into Army, admittedly. Um, I feel excitement. I feel, you know, happy. I feel, I feel, <laughs> the best way to put it is, is I want to see what this team has. And I think Buffalo is a good time to show it. Josh, who are you looking for specifically? Give me one player that, you know, has has been a little bit quiet this season that coming up tomorrow you'd like to see a big game out of. Yeah, I really am looking for Josiah Stewart to break out. I mean, he's been kind of held in check. Last week he was almost there. He had a couple of things called back to penalty, but – our defense has got to be able to establish a dominance in this game. And we know Buffalo is a big physical team. I already looked at their offensive line. They're a bunch of big dudes, regardless of how good they are. They're huge. They're physical. And Josiah Stewart is really the captain of this defensive pressure unit that we have. And he's got to get going. If he gets a sack early on that first drive, that's going to set a tone for the entire defense. It's going to make Buffalo switch and adjust how they're playing against him. And then it's going to open up the gate for the rest of the defensive linemen and some linebackers to get in there. So I'm not really worried about Lance Boykin and Jordan Strong. I think they'll get back right. And I think a lot of it, that was the fact that we couldn't stop Gardner-Webb's run at all. But I think Josiah Stewart, he needs to get active. We need to be able to plug the run. He needs to be able to get sacks when they're forced to pass. And yeah, I'm really looking for him to step up and be one of the captains and be a leader on this defense and showcase that he's the best defensive player on coast Carolina and in the game. Yeah. For me, it's not really a guy who's been like quiet to like, like it's he is, I think he is an underrated guy for the past few years, coastal, as far as like rushing, they have had like basically a multiple back system. 
you know, you go back to like CJ Marable, I believe it was like Shamari, and you go and Reese. And Reese, you go like to last year was Braden Bennett with Reese and Shamari. Honestly, I want to I want to see a little bit uh, from CJ Beasley. I kind of want to see CJ Beasley have a breakout game because that right there will solidify that we still have these multiple running backs that can hurt you on both sides. Uh, any no matter which one comes in, you know. I like that whole. I always loved how Coastal had multiple running backs that can do the damage. It wasn't just one guy that you had to focus on, and I thought that made us very dangerous not just last year but the years before as well. So CJ Beasley, fun fact, he hasn't had a rushing touchdown. So far in these last two games, I would like to see him get one. I would like to see CJ Beasley and um, and Reese White have kind of like equal stats by the end of this game. And I would love to have that one-two punch in the running game. So Yeah, and on that, those two guys that you said, their longest run from either of them combined is 18 yards. That's Reese White and CJ CJ Beasley. 12 yards longest rush. I'd like to see one of those two guys, or not even both of them, break a long run, and that would really break this running game wide open. Absolutely. Yeah, I think those are both solid picks, and and I'll be honest, I don't have one because those were the two I were going to go with too. So, you know, you guys hit the nail on the head with that, with Josiah Stewart has got to get some pressure, and, and I know defenses are focused on him. He came in as an unheralded freshman. Nobody knew what was going on. Oh, look at that dork wearing zero over there at defensive end, right? We don't need to block him. And then he destroyed teams all last season. Now people know. They know they've got to chip him with the tight end every play. They've got to assign a running back to stay in and pass protection to help. And Mario, we need two running backs. It's always been coastal system. It's always been the system that's worked. They go into this pistol formation with two running backs, one behind Grayson and one to his side. And they run this deadly triple option that not many teams could stop. But when you only have one running back and you only have one horse in the backfield, that doesn't work. It doesn't play. And you've seen the effects of that on this offense so far. It's not the offense that we knew in 2020 and 2021 that put up nearly 50 points a game. It's yeah. not that offense right now. Absolutely. And going back on like the defensive side, since I kind of feel bad that like me and Josh stole your picks, I want like I wanted to pick this guy, but I really thought CJ was the best answer. But I want to hear from you, Curtis. How about Gerard Clark? Like, I would love your like opinion on that. Yeah, that's a great pick, too. That's a guy that represented Coastal at Sunbelt Media Days and was expected to have a big season coming in and filling the shoes of C.J. Brewer and of, you know, Teddy uh, Geiger, who, who's still on the team. He hasn't been uh, active the past couple weeks. But um, this is a, a, a guy that we expected a lot of this season, and we just haven't seen it. There hasn't been a big highlight play where Gerard Clark has made a tackle for loss or got a sack or tipped a pass or anything. And like you said, Josh, this offensive line for Buffalo is big. They're strong. They're physical, but they're not good. They gave up pressure against an FCS team. Our offensive line did the same thing. So I can't say much, but this is a chance for that whole defensive line unit much like the offensive line, to establish like, hey, we are one of the best units in the Sun Belt. We are one of the best units in the group of five, and we deserve to be here. And heading into the Sun Belt schedule, you should be terrified to play us. Yeah, and exactly what you just said, and I want to go a little bit more on Gerard Clark. Me and Mario were actually talking about this earlier today. We were at the football stadium setting up for the broadcast tomorrow. And he's just a guy that it's like, 
you see all of the highlights. He's like, not to use the term, but he's a practice hero. I mean, I see all these highlights in practice. He's blowing stuff up. He's a captain. He represents us at Sunbelt Media Day. He's 6'4", 345. But in the last three, two, in the last two seasons, including what we've seen, we really haven't seen anything from him that would delegate this much hype and belief in him. But we see it in flashes and practice, and that's what makes it so frustrating and so frustrating a guy to believe in that heavy like I do for Gerard Clark. And if there's a game, you got to step up now. Show why you have that C on your uniform and why you represented Coastal at the media day. We've seen the flashes. I just would love for him to perform so that it warrants some of this unconditional belief that I have that this guy's going to flip the switch. Right. And you know, the, the biggest thing that people say, like one of the most common phrases is practice makes perfect, but I'm going to be honest with you. The practice is useless. If you ain't putting it into play, the practice is useless. If you're not using it in games, if you're not using it when it matters the most. And like Josh said, this man is explosive in practice. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. We're not going to act like throughout the entire years, Gerard Clark hasn't had some moments. No, right. he's had like he's had his like few share of good moments, but we need to see more. You know, he's an intimidating guy. Like, if I ever saw Gerard Clark in person, I looked at him, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'd probably, like, I'd probably be even scared to say hello to the dude, to be honest. But, like, in a way, but it, but in a way, if you are this force and you are on, on this football team, a Division One football team that expects that expects a lot out of you, you got to show up and you got to perform. And I'm hoping to see that out of him. I'm hoping that these first two weeks, you know, they're behind him, and I hope that he can become that force that we know he can be. First off, Mario, you're friends with me, and I'm 6'6", six, six, <laughs> Yeah, right. You're not Gerard Clark. You're not Gerard Clark. was like 340. That's, I mean, you got, he's got me there. But, you know, <laughs> come on now. Not all big guys are that intimidating. Right, Relax. No, so, no I'm going to be honest. Some of the biggest dudes that, like, that I've met have been, like, the nicest people. Like, I remember when I met, like, Jeffrey Gunter. I, I thought this dude was just going to have, like, a meme mug on his face, like, every time I saw Because all I thought about was, uh, Zach Wilson and him ragged on him. And when I met him, this dude had a smile from the time he walked in to the time he walked out. So, like, big guys really are teddy bears. Like, when you get absolutely, to, like, we are absolutely <laughs> we are. So, let's turn our focus to the Buffalo Bulls a little bit here. Um, lost at Maryland in week one, didn't look competitive in that game against a team that's middle of, of the pack to lower end Big Ten school. Lost, as we discussed last week, to Holy Cross at home, an FCS team. Is there anybody on this team that scares you? Is there anybody on this team that, you know, you're worried about coming in on Saturday and and having the game of his life and ruining Coastal's plans for a victory? Yeah, I want to – that's a good question. Cole Snyder, he's a quarterback for them. He's thrown for 465 yards and three touchdowns so far, which on paper it's like, yeah, that guy's a game manager and he's not that – he's not that great. He's not going to do anything spectacular. But he doesn't make many mistakes, and I'm just a little bit weary after what we saw last week where the second in- reincarnation of Peyton Manning from Gardner-Webb walked in and threw 400 yards on him. And granted, he made the mistakes. He threw the interceptions. They turned the ball over. But I've got to see us hold a quarterback in check. Army doesn't really count because they don't throw the ball, and when they did, they had two 70-plus yard receiving touchdown. So yeah, the past defense has got to step up and let's this, this quarter, he's not that good. So we got to prove that. And you need to look at the box score and 200 yards and a touchdown is fine. But 
I do not want to see another 400 yard game where somebody's just dissecting the middle of the field. So Cole Snyder is good. He's a game manager and he's not going to make mistakes, but let's not let him dissect our defense like last week. Right. And a little bit like on Snyder, you know, he's had, again, we, we mentioned they're 0 and 2. And Cole Snyder has had like chances where he might, like in those games, I guarantee you, he's had chances where he probably had to get a little aggressive. And the fact that he still hasn't thrown a pick, to me, that's like yeah. underratedly like impressive. Because some guys will get like caught up in the pressure and they'll throw like some careless deep ball or something like that. And then, get picked but he hasn't done that um i'm gonna be honest with you with every quarterback there's a wide receiver that they gotta that they gotta pass it to i'm gonna go justin marshall you know again we talked about the cornerback play for coastal and how last week it wasn't great you know and, the, and against army we, we let go of some really big plays either lance boykin or jordan strong is gonna have to be on justin marshall so and that guy i mean this year 168 yards he averages 18.7 yards per catch two touchdowns his longest catch of the year uh, has been 69 so far so, honestly, like, I'm kind of, like, curious to see that matchup between, like, the Jordan Strong or Lance Boykin, whichever one they put on him, most likely the Jordan Strong. And I want to see what they do against Justin Marshall. Yeah, I think those are both solid picks. The only one that I'm kind of concerned about is is Mike Washington, the running back. Um, I know we picked the three <laughs> biggest players on offense. Their defense doesn't really scare us. I mean – they gave up 31 points to a Maryland team that, sure, it has Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother at quarterback, but he's not at Alabama for a reason, right? Like, they gave up 37 to Holy Cross. It's not ideal. You know, it's not a, a good defense. So I'm going to go go with Mike Washington. On the season, he's averaging four yards a carry, which if you can average four yards a carry – that's a first down every three downs, you know, and that's something that Coastal has struggled with this entire season is, is sure they've given up the big pass play, but they also haven't been able to stop the run at all, like even a little bit. Sure, they eventually stopped Army's fullback dive, but then they just switched to counter and had just as much success. So it's time for the defensive line to step up, and, and Mike Washington has the potential to go off and be prime LT. And Coastal will, will walk out of, of Saturday with a loss. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a name that worries me, and it's it's a defense that worries me. You know, Buffalo enters this game with uh, averaging uh, 20 points for and 34 points against. I mean, total offense of 366 yards. Compare that to Coastal, who's only at 395, but we know this offense hasn't hit its potential. With that – with those numbers in mind, what's your score prediction? Mario will come to you Saturday at about 3.30. Who walks out of Conway with a victory? Well, I'll say this first. I don't, I don't think that Coastal is just going to magically fix every single mistake that they've been making the past two weeks. I don't think that happens. Again, I think this takes time, and I think they're going to improve. I think they're going to make progress, but I don't think they fix every single mistake. Um. Honestly, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, and me and Josh were talking about it too earlier today. I think I got 30-20 Coastal. I don't know if this is going to be – look, I've already made um, – I've already, like, you know, underestimated, like, Gardner-Webb, and obviously that's what happened. And, again, I'm not saying, like, that's going to happen again, but, like, I still think Coastal has got a little bit of, like, like errors in them too. I think they're going to clean up some things. You know, I think the I'm, – I'm hoping – I think the pass defense is going to be a little bit better – 
Um, the running game, I think that'll kind of get like a little, I think that'll be moving a lot more quicker than the last week. But um, overall, I still think they're going to make mistakes, obviously. And that's part of the game. You know, I think they're going to improve like as weeks go on. But I think 30-20 is kind of fair, you know, especially coming off the Gardner Web game and winning. I think they're going to be like a little bit more motivated, but I'm going to go 30-20. I think that's a fair prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say 40 to 24 Coastal. The line opened at minus 20 Coastal, and the public has really brought that down. It's now sitting at 13 and a half Coastal's favorited by. I think we have a better offense than – I think we have a comparable kind of offense to Maryland and definitely a better offense than Holy Cross. So I think we get up and put 40 on them, considering we put 38 on Army and we put 31 on Gardner-Webb, but that was just a weird game. So I say we get 40 points. And then I say that the defense kind of steps up a little bit, although I do think that they're going to end up – that number is going to be they're going to have 24 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and then we score that last touchdown to put it at 40. I think it's something like that. But I think we went by about 15, 16 here, cover the number that it's at now, and the game sits around 60 points. Yeah, I don't think Coastal covers, and I don't think they hit the over. The over-under is sitting at 59.5 right now. Um I think Coastal wins. I still – it's not that I don't believe in this team, but I'm with you, Mario. You made a lot of points. There's a lot of stuff that has to be cleaned up, and you can't do it all in one week. I think Grayson McCall is good enough for 10, maybe 14 points just by himself. And so if you fix a couple of errors, you score a couple of points, and, and you get some things out of guys that you weren't expecting, I think Coastal wins this one 24 to 20. And I think it's closer than a lot of people think. They don't cover the 13 and a half and they don't even get the over. And I think you really go into next week hoping to see some improvements on this coastal team. And yeah, I think they're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be as convincing as people think. I don't think that Buffalo is as bad of a team as people think they are. And I don't think coastal cleans up enough mistakes to be the dominant force that we expect them or want them to be right now. If that comes to fruition, let's say I have seeing powers, Mario, what is your attitude walking away Saturday if Coastal just barely wins? How, where are you sitting at with this football team if it's another kind of squeaker game against an opponent we probably shouldn't be this close with? Like, I'm still keeping that prediction until, like, it goes, like, until I get, like, proven wrong with that 11-1. But if some – if they don't, like, have a really good game, a really dominant game against Buffalo, I don't I don't know, Curtis. Like, it's it's really going to depend on how they play. It really is going to depend. Because – and if they don't have a dominant game, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I'll be a little bit concerned. I'll be a lot – like, I'll be a little bit more concerned because these are teams that we should beat. And, like, we didn't have this problem last year. You know, we played guys like Citadel. We played guys like UMass. And we played, like, all these, like, teams that had no, like, that didn't, that had no room to, like, go head-to-head with us. Yeah, they had no business being on the same field as Coast. Yeah. And And we proved it during the game. Exactly. We kicked every single one of those teams' asses. So when you really look at it, they proved, like, they, they proved that, like, you know, these teams weren't even on our level. This year hasn't been the same. You know, there was obviously that game with Georgia State, but a lot of people keep forgetting that, like, Grayson McCall was not in that game. A lot of people forget, like, that Bryce Carpenter was the starting quarterback. And not, not, not to say Bryce Carpenter isn't a good quarterback. He is. But Grayson McCall is, like, a Heisman candidate for a reason. You know? Um, 
But if they end up leaving this game and they don't like, and they don't have a really dominant game, I'm going to start getting concerns. You know, I'm going to start getting a lot more concerned because this is stuff, because I'm all I'm looking for is progress. That's it. You know, I know they're going to make mistakes. I know they're going to make trials and there's trials. I know they're going to make errors, but I'm looking for progress. And if they don't give me that progress, I'm going to be concerned. And I'm going to start questioning, well, is this team really like going to have what it takes to go up against like App State? Is this team really going to have what it takes to go up against uh, Marshall and like Southern Miss and all these other teams? That So if they don't come out of this Buffalo game with a, with a dominant win, I'm going to start questioning a lot of things. You know, I'm going to keep the prediction where it is until they prove me wrong. But I will like it is kind of concerning. Yeah, if Coastal wins by a narrow margin, like even if like Curtis says, depending on the game script, if it's we walk away and we need a last second touchdown to win or a game winning drive, even I'm going to be very concerned about going into Atlanta next week on Thursday on a short week with no time to clean this stuff up and having to play Georgia State a team that beat us last year, a quarterback that we already know is motivated again. And he's very, he's got that X factor to him. So if that happens, I'm going to be very worried about the start of Sunbelt play, especially on a short week. I think to build confidence for that week, we're definitely going to need a strong performance. And if we don't, we're going to be in real trouble. Yeah. I think that's something that, that, you know, the three of us and, and Jordan have been chewing on for a while is, we still have one more non-conference game, but it's at the end of the season. Um, you walk away from your first three non-conference games and you head into a Sunbelt that is a meat grinder. We talked about it earlier this episode. It's just incredible. And you need this week to be good. And I just, <laughs> I'm worried that it's not going to be. I believe in this team and I believe in, in Jamie Chadwell and I believe in Grayson McCall, but, you know, I think it's it's something that man, you got to make a statement now. One last thing before we get out of here, and it's something that um, we need to hit on. Joe Moglia tweeted out a couple of days ago, um, essentially, the wording here is is hard for me, but essentially that Jamie Chadwell would be interested in taking the Nebraska job um, and that he has talked to people that are decision makers in that process and has recommended Coach Chadwell for that job. We had a lengthy text discussion when those texts came out and even before that about Jamie Chadwell leaving Coastal Carolina for Nebraska. What are you guys' opinions on that? Josh, we'll start with you. Chadwell to Nebraska to replace Scott Frost? Yeah, I I did see that, and then – one of the things it's not good to have this kind of talk kind of enter, especially a week before a game where we need to get right. And we're beating Buffalo should be the only thing on our mind. We definitely don't need a distraction like that. And then for Jamie Chadwell to come in, in the press conference on, I think it was on Wednesday and basically say that I wish he said, I wish Joe Moglia had my back. I never talked to anybody at Nebraska. I haven't made any contact. And he goes, I wish, he said, Joe should have my back. He's the one that hired me here, and he should know that I'm fully committed here. So to have those words come out by coach, it's kind of, you don't want to see that kind of divide between a coach and the president and the former coach, the president of football operations. So it just kind of didn't sit well with me any part of that. And hopefully the team can put that behind us, but we certainly don't need distractions like that now. 
Yeah, and you made a great point, Josh. Like you said, when your coach is like saying that he's like fully committed here, that's what I kind of like expect. You know, I expect that whatever you whatever you preach, you put like again, you you mean it. And so would it shock me if now again I'm the type of person that like I don't believe it until I see it. So like would it shock me if like he did go to Nebraska? No, it wouldn't shock me, you know, but at the same time, I I don't want to see a situation where it's like Oh, breaking news. Coach Chadwell goes to the University of Nebraska and then he starts bringing like half the team with him. Kind of similar to like a USC like type of thing that happened this year when Lincoln Riley went to USC and he was like, I'm going to just take Caleb Williams with me and we're just going to dip. I would hate to see that. I really would. So, um, you know, like honestly, I'm not going to think too, for me, I'm not going to think too much into it until like I get that little like alert on my phone that there was a new coach for Nebraska whether that's Chadwell or not, but like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. One thing I, I just want to, I found the quote now and it just doesn't, the wording of it doesn't sound like one happy family it says Chadwell says, this is a direct quote. One that is speculation. First of all, I want to make that clear. There's been no contact. He says, coach should stand up for me. He hired me here and I haven't put any thought into it. That just doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like, they're communicating much and especially for Mobley to put something out like that on Twitter and then Chadwell feel the need to say something like that. I don't know. I'm not concerned. I'm personally not really concerned right now. on if Chadwell will be here next season, but I'm more concerned on how this affects how we play during the season and the distractions around something like that. Cause it can be kind of toxic. Yeah. It can be really toxic and really distracting. And, and that's, you know, we talk about the mistakes that are happening on the field if there's mistakes happening off the field now because Moglia and Chadwell are fighting about, you know, whatever, or hell, maybe Jamie's interested. Maybe he goes and interviews two weeks from now and it doesn't leak till the end of the season or it doesn't come out till the end of the season. We don't know, but distractions like that with a team that has the potential that this coastal Carolina team has are, are not the distractions you needed. Do I think Jamie Chadwell would be a good coach for Oklahoma? Yeah. I really do. I think that's a guy that, you know, Nebraska would love to have as their head coach. He's proven time and time again that he can take the talent that you have and turn it into gold. He turned zero, one, and two-star recruits into an undefeated team and an 11-1 and one team. And it, it's intriguing to see where this goes. Uh, or excuse me, an 11-2 and two team. Um it's intriguing to see where this goes, but hopefully, like you guys said, I, I just hope it's not a distraction. I just hope that this team can can look through it and, you know, Jamie Chadwell coaches his butt off for the rest of the season, and then you get to the offseason, and who knows. But for now, let's focus on uh, Saturday. So uh, be there, 1 o'clock, Brooks Stadium, wear white. It is a whiteout officially, so uh, show up, support your shots, and uh, we'll see you there. But uh, – with that, for Josh and Mario, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. Let us know your thoughts on Jamie Chadwell to Nebraska. Are you worried it's a distraction? Or are you worried that he's going to go? And if he's not, what does that mean for Coastal Carolina? And what does that mean for Coach Chadwell that he's not even getting interest from Power 5 schools? Let us know. Um, share the podcast with a friend. But with that, Shant's up. Fire to the fellas.